The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, or excuse me, Thursday, September 7th. And today is National Grandma Moses Day, National Grateful Patient Day, National Beer Lovers Day, National Salami Day, National Neither Snow Nor Rain Day. And that's a shout out to the U.S. Postal Service. Every trapper loves them. It's also National Acorn Squash Day and National New Hampshire Day. Well, thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And uh, eventually we'll be audio only on some other platforms once we figure out this little coding situation. But nonetheless, we are going to kick it off with the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamit, the professional backflopper, the professional backpedaler, and the professional shenagler. That's right. There's none other than the dope dad himself. That's right. It is Rico Lamite. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. As I back flopping this story. Speaking of back flopping, <laughs> HHS's recommendation to reschedule cannabis to level three has got folks buzzing about safe banking yet again. With the industry's favorite on again, off again, zombie bill that refuses to stay dead. Finally get the votes needed to pass in the law. Sherrod Brown says it can happen within six weeks. Gotta love election season, right? I wonder what excuse they'll come up with this time when it fails yet again. I digress. In an interview with Punchbowl this week, Senate Banking Senate Committee Banking. Chairman Sher- uh, Sherrod Brown said that uh, safe you have the door. You have the key to the other act door. is on the top of the bill. The door, right? Uh, on what's that? Nah, the other one. That one opens for you. Open the door. <laughs> you got to mute, Tony. You got to mute. Proceed, Rico. Sorry about that, everybody. So the Safe Banking Act is on the top of this bill. Is on this all legislative agenda without giving any specifics as to what was exactly said or insinuated. The majority leader, uh, he says that the majority leader made it clear in letters to colleagues and in a floor speech on Tuesday that cannabis banking is a priority. We want to get recoup. We want to get safe banking. 
we already have in the NDAA, the, the Fend Off Fentanyl Act. All three of those are my priorities, Brown said, referencing banking accountability and opioid-related enforcement legislation in addition to the marijuana measure. Uh, we want to do all that within the next six weeks. Per Marijuana Moments, Kyle Yeager, the prospects of safe uh, banking actually passing, that um, uh, moving must pass spending legislation to fund the government is expected to take up a significant amount of uh, senators' time. But there's also a matter of disagreement over the uh, one key section of the bill, preventing it from advancing during the summer session before lawmakers broke for the August recess. Some Democrats believe Section 10 of the legislation would under undermine banking regulation and are seeking to amend or remove. Republicans say that they view the option as a non-starter. Surprise, surprise. The obstructionist party themselves. And it's unclear if any progress was made over the recess to reach an agreement that would allow the bill to move through the Senate Banking Committee onto the Senate floor. Currently, Safe Banking has 42 co-sponsors, nearly half uh, of the Senate, including eight Republicans and three independents. As a standalone in its current form, insiders say the measure has enough Republican buy-in to reach the 60-vote threshold needed for passage in the Senate. Um, I would like to say, Senator Brown, election season's coming up and you had an uphill battle. Trying to make some bold statements, right? But um, that's just me. I don't think this thing's going to pass. I don't think it's ever going to pass. And um, I will be surprised if um, anything happens now that they're uh, handing over the industry to Big Pharma. But that's just me. My name is Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. I'd like to hear from the rest of you guys. Jason, is it actually going to pass? I know what Gretchen would say. I think it's actually going to pass. I think, I think, uh, I, I've been following uh, Don Murphy's Twitter, and uh, he, he seems uh, fairly confident that they're going to get one more Republican co sponsor for this bill, which will ensure what the Democrats have been asking for, even though they keep on moving the goalposts here and there and everywhere. Um, so, so yes, I am ultimately, I'm, I'm banking that this thing is going to pass until there's some definitive news that says that it's not. I think it's definitely has the best chance ever with this possibility of the, the rescheduling. <laughs> I don't know about As its best said, chance ever. I don't know about that, but. But I think that's the highest chance, highest chance ever. I think that, uh, as you said, though, it is election season, and it really just gives them a, a big old bag of carrots to keep on dangling in front of us, and we'll watch shit never happen. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Big mm -hmm. old. I'm 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 a firm believer. You need need to oh, pass safe to, banking. We had to spend more money to Ukraine. We had to focus on Ukraine. Oh, that, something like that'll pop up. Don't worry. Something like that will pop up without a doubt. Aren't they about to shut down the government, though? Uh, I don't think they're going to shut down the government. I, I know there's talks about that, but I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I'm not buying that argument as something that's going to stall safe banking. Yeah. Well, all the oxygen is going to be sucked up out of the room for that. I'm not sure how this gets any traction in Congress when there's a group of um, of senators who have come together to try and get something done, and there's a renegade group. Republicans in the House that are going to fuck with McCarthy till the cows come home about well, the, lead, the government getting everything they want. I, I just don't the, see this going anywhere. Well, the thing about it, though, the 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 biggest leader of that Republican group that you're mentioning in the House is an avid safe banking supporter, Dale. Okay, but if you poke the bear and tell him to fuck yourself, it don't really matter what kind of support you got. 
they're going to they're going to torpedo these guys. And McCarthy's hanging on by a thread. I just don't see this coalescing into much of anything. Hold a couple of eat on over there. I got two of them down. McCarthy is definitely, definitely, uh, you know what I'm saying. Definitely threading it, a very, very it, tight line. Okay, because he, he, I mean, he's on the verge of getting recalled. Um, and and all it takes is 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 a small consortium in in regards with the agreement that they have for him to be the speaker for him to be denounced as the speaker. So he needs to tote the line. Yeah, but it's like herding cats. Is it a cocaine bear. That of course, poking? of course, it's like herding cats. That's <laughs> that's politics, bro. That's that's everything good in life in general is all about herding cats. If you can't herd cats, I mean. I mean, I'm a professional cat herder. I don't know what 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 to say. No, there. I don't know, but I, well, I put it in context of my mind to think about what it would be, Tony. Cat, and I said, forget it's impossible. about. Impossible. <laughs> say that it's again, impossible. Tony. You 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 don't think a safe banking is going to pass? Yeah, you know what? The person the person who was affected the most is is the trap, and the trap can't always wins, man. You say you can't hear me. I how hear him. He I don't know. We've been having some problems with Dale hearing everybody, and we it's know it's not just because I'm old and deaf. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna allude to that. I was gonna say it wasn't the battery in your hearing aid, Dale. Oh, what no, I'm no, telling no. you, Dale, is that I believe that the people <laughs> gonna get their money. Somebody just needs to go ahead and poke that cocaine bear. Oh boy! Oh boy! I heard cocaine. I heard yeah. cocaine. Yeah, yeah, cocaine bear, cocaine bear. There was, there was, there was a word after that. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine bear. Oh, poke the cocaine bear. Oh, poke the cocaine say, bear. You want, if you want to get a conversation, stop the starter. Just say cocaina. Uh -huh. I just, we just looked at each other like, what? Yeah. Wait, what? what? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I, I just, I think, this is, I think this is another distraction. I don't think it's going This fast, is uh, but... Sherry Brown's uh, putting up a bunch of stuff before his election uh, coming up. And um, I... Just like every single time before, was this going to be uh, number eight? It's going to get struck down again. I I don't know. I think I think it got some. Go I think yeah, it has it some good momentum in the Senate, man. I think I think I think I think I think it, I think it's 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 ripe for passage right now. But at the same time, too, right now, but I don't, I don't I, think there's more money in legalizing it right now than it is off the right. black market. Well, this this this, this isn't legalizing it. This is not legalizing it. This is just allowing for for banks to be able to bank cannabis cash. And then yeah, therefore, that's legalizing it. That means that's not legalizing it. That's not legalizing it. No, that is not. There's a big difference. Can you put the money in the bank now? Can you, Jason? Huh? I mean, you can put the money in the bank. Yeah, you can, but you have to be have to be careful with it and finesse it. And you can't just have it like an open account for your cannabis business and have it have have money in there. No, that's not realistic. But I think though you can definitely bank I, it. I would I would I would be I would be impressed if if they actually shut down Congress for for safe banking. That's something I can get down. <laughs> I hey, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad at that if they, if, if if they use that as the chip to to say, hey, if the, you're not going to advance safe banking, we're going to shut down the government. I, I would I would get behind that. I, I'm with you, Rico, on that one. Let's let let's let, hey, let's Jason, see. Yeah, is that the White House desk you have here in front of you? That is the White House desk, my friend. Thank yes. you so much. Uh, I have nothing to do with it. I, I have nothing to do with the set design over here. That's that. That's all. That's all the team over here that deals with all the set design. Um, but I was on my old, my old, my old YouTube was like, mm -hmm. 
Yes, the Oval <laughs> Office desk. Tony, yes. he ripped it off. Don't let him bullshit you. He did. He knew what he was doing. Well, what what it was yeah. is they were actually having oh. a they were actually having a yard sale over at the White House because you know the president's yeah. having a dementia uh, spat right now, <laughs> and so I saw I saw an amazing deal and wanted to make sure I picked it up and had it shipped over here, and you know what I mean? It was amazing. Was that desk? Are, 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 are you sure you didn't, you didn't grab that from Mar-a-Lago? It has you a little. That, you sure that that Trump didn't take that? It has a little. <laughs> You can get twenty years for that furniture, fam. It, it has it, it has it has the little blowhole for Monica Lewinsky. You know what I'm saying? It's a fantastic desk. Oh my god, man! Piece of historic. Uh, that's an historic has, position, has nuclear, right there. Nuclear secrets. Yes. Yeah. In the bottom drawer. Yeah, it's, it's got a panic button and everything. Oh god. <laughs> it's got a cigar holder too, right? It does. Is that, is that what goes there, Dale? I was wondering what went there. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you just changed the color. You just changed the color. Oh, man. Oh, you guys. You guys are you guys are funny. You guys are funny. I'm glad you guys like the desk, though. Very glad you guys like the desk. You know. All right. We're going we're gonna to keep this train moving. Anyone else got anything left on this, on this story? Yeah, we got a commercial coming up. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Conversation over that last story. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Stone. We appreciate the the heads up. He is known for smoking the best the best weed in the world. He's also known for hawking furniture. <laughs> That's supposed to be the National Archives. But uh, coming up next. They had a yard sale. It is the man, the myth, the legend. The cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer, Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hope you all are having an amazing day today. I have a very, very interesting story to share with you guys today. It's, it's pretty sad, but it's, it's also, you know, there's a little whatever in there. And I'm really interested to see what you have to say, Rico, being a dope dad. It's a little bit long, so I'm going to try to get through this as fast as possible. But NYC Children's Services Agency is to settle with a parent allegedly targeted for marijuana and their race. The Administration of Children's Services has agreed to a first-of-its-kind judgment after a parent accused the agency of targeting her for marijuana use and taking her newborn son. Months after adult use was legalized statewide, according to the parent's lawyer and court records, the woman, Shanetto Rivers, will receive more than $75,000 and payment for legal fees after she accused New York City and its child welfare agency of separating her from her son and son when he and Rivers tested positive for marijuana in August of 2021. Rivers, who was black, accused ACS in a lawsuit filed in May of pursuing her for marijuana use because of her race, citing a history of similar complaints against the agency that preceded its alleged violation of state law. Rivers' uh, proceedings with ACS ACS concerning her son, identified in federal court papers as TW, came months after New York State legalized cannabis use in March of 2021. In a quote, even after a judge required ACS to reunite Miss Rivers with her baby, ACS continued 
to subject Miss Rivers to needless court proceedings and a, a litany of conditions that interfered with her parenting of T.W. for months while the unlawful removal, removal of her baby was ratified by senior ACS leadership, the complaint reads. This was not because ACS was trying to protect T.W. This was because Miss Rivers is black, she says. The previously unreported judgment signed by a federal judge on August 30th is believed by attorneys and advocates to be the first of its case, first of its case of its kind since New York State legalized adult use cannabis use in March of 2021 through similar claims were made long before then. A Gothamist investigation last year showed that despite statewide legalization and promises of reform, the agency continued to cite parents' marijuana use in proceedings and, se and separate them from their children. All of the parents who described similar encounters with the agency were black. ACS spokesperson Stephanie Jindel said the state and city policy that was that marijuana is not in and of itself a bias for bringing allegations of neglect neglect against a parent and in a quote in all of our cases including those with substance misuse allegations we assess child safety on a case-by-case -case basis looking at actual or potential harm to a child and the parent's capacity to care for the child the statement from the a statement from Jendel reads in part the city law department did not return a request for comment, and despite promises of reform, the agency has been plagued by accusations of racial bias deeply rooted within the institution that often results in the separation of black families who bear the brunt of enforcement in the child welfare system. In a quote, I didn't just bring this lawsuit for myself, but for every black family that ACS has ripped apart, Rivers said in a statement through her attorney. In her lawsuit, Rivers claims that the hospital staff tested her for drugs without her consent in August of 2021 when she was overwhelmed with happiness and drained by the birth of her son, T.W. Rivers and her newborn tested positive for marijuana, and the agency told hospital staff to hold the child indefinitely, according to the federal lawsuit. A family court judge who reunited them days later said evidence presented by the agency did not meet the legal bar to demonstrate an imminent risk of harm to her newborn, including claims from a hospital worker that she smoked marijuana in the hospital room or her previous experience with the child welfare system when her older children were living with their grandmother. A court-ordered investigation report related to the custody of her older children, which was related to which was released two months before the birth of her son T.W., said there was in quotes no basis to believe that Miss Rivers misuses drugs or alcohol, which the federal lawsuit directly refers to. After Rivers gave birth to T.W., neither one received any treatment or medical counseling from the hospital related to the marijuana test results and th that the complaint reads though rivers was reunited with her son acs continued to pursue its case against her subjecting uh subjecting her and tw to unannounced visits and other disruptions before voluntary withdrawing its neglect petition in december of 2021 according to the suit rivers also did not regain custody of her two older children until january of this year after proceedings related to tw interrupted and delayed the reunification with her older children her complaint reads defendants targeted miss rivers because of her race and acted to separate miss rivers from her baby based solely on marijuana use which was a violation of state law the complaint reads 
and uh, Niji Jane, who uh, represented Rivers in her, in her lawsuit and serves as director of the Bronx uh, Defenders Impact litigation practice, said the judgment enforces a provision of the law dictating that child welfare agencies like ACS cannot separate a family based on marijuana use alone. And in a quote, we hope this case serves as a model for other people who want to fight back against ACS and its racist treatment of New York City families and their uh, racialized use of marijuana and drug testing more generally against parents of color, Jane said. Jane was a lead attorney for Rivers who, along with the Bronx, the Bronx defenders, uh, was also represented pro bono by attorneys at Arnaud and Porter K. Scholler LLP, a private law firm. Still, Jane uh, conceded the agreement meant that documents from ACS that attorneys hope to obtain through discovery and introduced publicly through a trial would not be brought to light. Advocates and lawyers have long pointed to transparency issues with the agency and the ACS has not admitted wrongdoing as a result of the judgment. And in a quote, for years, ACS has chosen to operate in secrecy and hide from accountability when it comes to the data, the stories, and the widely known fact that there is a racial bias problem within the agency, Jane said. Rather than facing the parents and families who they police and surveil and separate every day, every year, they're choosing a different path. Joyce McLean, who, uh, who uh, as founder and executive director of JMAC for Families, has long advocated for parents in the child welfare system and said it was hard to believe that anything would change after the judgment. And in a final quote, they say, I hope that change comes out of this, but I'm not convinced that it will, McLean said. But she added, a success like this for Rivers and families like hers was long overdue. And they also say, what I hope for the family is freedom, she said. Freedom to be who you are and do the things that you enjoy without being punished by a system that doesn't have your best interests. Well, 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 I'm happy that this family was reunited, and I definitely believe that uh, ACS probably is definitely targeting families uh, disproportionately in, in regards to this child welfare system because we know California does it, so why wouldn't New York does it? And this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at 9 News Hour. What do y'all think about this? She smoking weed in the hospital? Man, bro, she was with it. She was with it. What is happening now? Hey, this levels of this shit. I don't even want to talk. Man, just, this one's got layers. I just, how do we know it wasn't hemp she was smoking in the hospital? I just want to point out to all the viewers out there. It was THCA. And, and to the 100,000 followers here on Instagram that's watching High Nine News. I want to thank everybody on my Instagram for making sure y'all support us. I just want to say notice that this is in New York City. Yep. Highly liberal city. So for everybody out there that keep talking about. Uh, how it's one side or the other. It's both sides. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are and you are poor, you will be first to be victimized. That's it. That's just what it is. That's how like, it's been. That's how it's been. It doesn't matter if you're a liberal or, a, or, 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 or um, a Republican. When you're poor, you're the first person so, to be so, victimized. So Tony, do you think this woman was in the right? I think that this woman was in the you right. She victimized? I, bl I believe so. I mean, she had, they had no right to separate her from a child. It's legal. Bro, it's yeah. legal. It is legal. It's legal. It is legal. Like, wait, if you walk into New York right now, New York smells like marijuana. It might not be legal to smoke in the hospital, but it is legal to, to consume <laughs> cannabis. 
it's like it's, that's like if someone smokes a cigarette in a hospital. You give them a fine. You give them a fine. Exactly. You don't take their kids away because they're yeah. When she was giving birth. Bro, people smoke. If you smoke cigarettes in the hospital, you get a fine. It's not illegal, though. I mean, this is America. There's people that are. They give you warnings to tell you don't smoke while you're pregnant on the carton of cigarettes. But if you see a pregnant woman smoking, the police don't come with her. That's come true. In. That's so true. They, they, they don't take your kids away to say you were smoking during your pregnancy and therefore you've harmed your baby. They do not do that. It's not illegal. Weed is a legal drug like Cicodone or all those other pain pills. So. Mm-hmm. I want to point out this is a, a perpetual issue for women across the board, yeah. not just in New York, not just in California, across the country. Women I said. Are constantly uh, being victimized by the healthcare industry for their cannabis consumption. Women will go in not knowing they are pregnant, get a pregnancy test, also happen to uh, test positive for cannabis if they test them, whether they are consenting to it or not. And then their entire pregnancy and sometimes through the birth of their child, they are being scrutinized. Or maybe they took edibles. No, but it doesn't matter. It don't. It doesn't matter. The fact that these women are being unfairly targeted for their cannabis consumption is just another way for people to not only keep poor people down and people of color down, but just women in general. Mm -hmm. general, Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, percent right. 100 percent this, 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 this is everybody on instagram this is why this is the greatest show she, you need she, to be watching. do you see this I, I, think, I think i think republicans I, uh, rejoice because she got her she got her freedom mm-hmm. but um come on man you can't be smoking in no hospital the system has a lot of bias in it and this, this decision stopped way short of uncovering the bias in the system um, mm-hmm. because i mean i have children that had children and they smoked weed and it was a hard path to try to, to get through and you know it it's ridiculous i mean nobody that i know that uses cannabis and has children is feeding it to their children and putting them in positions of jeopardy and that's sort of the underlying yeah. assumption here smoke weed there's something wrong with you it goes back to that moral argument they always made about drugs if you smoke exactly. weed you're morally corrupt yeah so we're going to take your kids and make you come back and fight for it well fuck you mm-hmm. you know this is a bias that we have to attack no you know you have attack yep. points of agenda points of attack mm-hmm. when you're fighting against cannabis or you're, you're trying to keep yep. impoverished people poor you have certain agendas you put in play to help perpetuate that and that's all and then is. and then also what happens is this when you have a culture where people are taking things from, like, basically begging, like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, when, you were t- when you're taking a Section 8 apartment from these people, yep. you're essentially allowing them to become your probation officer. Right. Yep. They can come into your home. They can inspect your house. You know, they inspect your children. They, 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 the federal government is your landlord at that point, and they can dictate they can what, what you can do oh, inside of your home. They're your, actual, yes. they're your actual probation officer. Yep. It's not even a point of, like, being like a land a landlord doesn't have the ability to just come check your house whenever they want. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and if they do, they would have to give you forewarning, make sure that you're there. Section eight is not like that. Yeah, no, it puts you, you it puts you immediately uh, into the, into the, the confines of the so-called nanny state. When you sign up for help, you lose 
rights. Mm-hmm. That's just the American way. I give you something, you give me something. That, it, it sucks that it has to be that way. It should just be helping people who are less fortunate. But yeah, but then those programs. But the, the 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 problem is also that yeah, and I'm not saying this too long, but the problem is also that there are people who go on these programs and 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 tend to stay on it for the rest of their lives. So they're trying to incentivize it too as well. So if you come here, you're only here for a little bit of time, and then you're supposed to go ahead and go. Rochelle, you had you, you had some you had some to say on this, and then we're going to wrap this story up. Yeah, I just want to make one final point, which is not only are we causing harm to these women and families, but the children and the effects for the rest of their lives that they are going to be suffering because they didn't have that critical attachment with their mothers in their infancy mm-hmm. um, is incredibly damaging. Uh, for the rest mm-hmm. of their lives, it only further perpetuates these issues that we're talking about right now. We hope that everyone realizes that as well. Facts. hundred percent. It was designed this way. You know, exactly. We think of, things, we, think that, of the effect. We, 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 we got to keep it moving. We got to keep it moving. We're, we're already over time on this. Um, but coming up next, it's everyone's favorite foul mouth uncle. That's right. Mr. Dale Schaefer. He's the founder of Armada Law Practice and... At one point in time, he did some time for a cannabis crime. That's right. It is Mr. Dale Schaefer. Uh, good morning, everybody. And those on the East Coast, good afternoon. My story is about psychedelics. It comes out of Law 360. The headline is Massachusetts Attorney General certifies two psychedelics legalization efforts. Now, um, I grabbed this. Because I've been watching this for some time now, as Colorado and Oregon rolled this out, California just today got uh, a Senate bill to decriminalize um, psychedelics similar to this through the assembly. So we're going to see more of this roll out. And Massachusetts has kind of a weird system here. You qualify for uh, an initiative for the ballot. 
then the legislature gets a chance to bring the legislation forward and do it on their own. If not, you get some more um, signatures and you go on the ballot for the initiative passed by the voters. So this is the first step. The legislature is not going to have a chance to take a look at this, but it has some qualities to it that I've been following for a minute. First of all, it it talks about facilities where you get this. Okay. Um, well, I, I don't know how we're going to define that and how we certify this, but they're using the term facilities rather than a retail store or whatever. You go to some facility, they're going to have facilitators there, whatever that means. And we don't have a definition yet. Who's going to be qualified to take you through a journey uh, with mushrooms? I, I don't know. I don't know that makes a big difference because people do it all day anyway. Um, but try to legitimize it, if you will, in the eyes of medicine is going to be a struggle. These also have competing uh, clauses. One of them doesn't allow for home grow. One of them does. It allows you to share. It's got some pretty tight limits on natural hallucinogens. You don't get acid. You don't get peyote, but you get DMT, psilocybin, psilocin, um, and you get mescaline. Okay. Now, it also builds in some protection for parents. We just brought this up. It, it puts in the language here that you can't um, interfere with parental rights unless you have a finding that drug use is interfering with or produces an unreasonable risk to the minor. I don't know that's going to make a lot of difference because we just discussed. Um, if you're at that rung of the ladder, you're going to get jerked up, drug in. You don't have the ability to defend yourself, and you're going to be fighting this like we do with, with weed. Um, the bigger point here is that they're... They're moving forward at what I would consider light speed. I mean, I've been involved in this since 215 days here in California, and it took years to get anything done. And with, with psychedelics, we're moving at light speed here. And I think a lot of it has to do with the recognition that people like me who are vets with PTSD is that we're watching 21 plus vets a day kill themselves. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? If somebody doesn't step up, we're gonna continue to watch this. You promised us and we signed up to go to war for you, son of a bitches. You're gonna take care of us. And here we are once again, going through the muck and mire here of trying to change this from being something that's amoral to, let's treat it like it was for millennium, part of society for stress relief, for depression, for good mental health. Okay, so we'll continue to talk about these initiatives that come forward. California, as I said, going to move one forward too and see if we can find out how it actually works in the ground because we're still one to two years out before any of this stuff takes effect. And in the meantime, how do we license this? How do we wrap our hands around it so that the government will approve it? In the meantime, letting people do this without fear of having their lives ripped apart and going to prison. That's my story for the morning. Back at you. What do you guys all got to say? Massachusetts, man, they're moving forward on this fast, Dale. Yeah. Man. It looks like it. But see, that's a good thing. And if I have a prediction that we're going to have uh, psychedelics competing with, with weed for legalization at the federal level as it rolls out across the states. So let's just watch. There's a lot of mistakes we've all seen and we've talked about what happens when you actually do this and you avoid mm -hmm. the internal biases and the mistreatment you see from a system that is moralized drug use and you know we're going to have to tether this out but i think this is a wonderful sight to see as we move forward here to give some relief for people for natural depression and anxiety relief mm -hmm. your psychedelics is going to totally leapfrog the cannabis movement uh because it's not tied to it's not directly tied to or uh on front street tied to the war on drugs or to um 
offering people licenses. I think I, I think it's going to I think I think it more has to do with the fact that it's easier for the pharmaceutical industry to be able to, to compound these different compounds in, in single uh, in single compounds as opposed to where cannabis is a whole host of different compounds and they can't they can't isolate them all individually. It's much harder for them. And so therefore, uh, mushrooms are going to be fast tracked in that way because phar- pharmaceutical can get uh, get the monopoly on them that much faster. I mean. Monopoly's already there, and if you and if you listen to a lot of the uh, a lot of the like liberal elites and whatnot that that go to a lot of these map conventions and these different psychedelic conventions across the country, a lot of what they're advocating for is for uh, is for like therapy induced control, where you're in a controlled environment, and then that's the only way that where these psychedelics are actually so called legal. They could have done the same that's thing with crazy. weed. Crazy, right? Right, Dale. It's it's batshit crazy, and these people just want to control it and have the have the psychedelic and the or have the uh, pharmaceutical and the mental health industry control psychedelics. When in reality, it's a plant based medicine, and people should be able to control um, control themselves and dose themselves with these types of medicines just over the counter. Well, exactly. And the un- yeah, the they could have done the same thing with weed, and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Why? The trap market is going to figure this out before the government does. I mean, that's how it's going to work. Because all the people I know who are actually using psychedelics right now for for therapeutic reasons, they're not waiting for the government to do shit. Mm-hmm. We're all moving forward on this. I, I represent too many vets that are just whacked out from PTSD from from wars, and this helps. So if you've got those kind of people, I drag them to meetings. You know, you want to mm-hmm. find out what's going on. We put our life in the line for you, son of a bitches, and you're going to drag your feet. No, we're going to do it ourselves, and we'll let you know. That creates the tension that we don't want to see here, but it's the reality. If the government's going to drag its feet, fuck them. We're going to do it ourselves, and then you guys are going to continue to come after us for stupid shit, but we're going to continue to look out for our mental health. These are existential mm-hmm. problems for the people I take care of mm-hmm. because they're killing themselves every day. Yep. And if we can give them some relief, then that's that's my goal. Well said. What's that? What's that, Tony? I think you're on mute. Well, I hear him. Go ahead. Uh, what I'm going to say is the reason why <laughs> this is a win I is can because for, for marijuana, you can smell it when it's growing. You can smell it when you're smoking it. But when you have some shrooms... You don't smell them when they're growing. You don't nope. smell them when you take them. Yeah, you don't smell them when they take them. It's not offensive to It's nobody. not offensive to anyone else. And there's people who are literally tripping all around you and having great productive days. So I don't really see the, the downfall to this. I see this really going up. And it goes like what you and Rico both said. You guys, you and Jason and Rico, you both made the same good points on the same roads. Like, it's hard for them to... Uh, to quantify marijuana because to quantify it because mm-hmm. it has so many compounds, but it's also marijuana has a negative connotation when it comes when you, when you think about it, you're like, oh shit, weed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just bad. It, it leaves that bad thought in most of the older people's. You pass sixty five, this is a bad thing to you. You you're like, oh my right. god, you're 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 a devil worshiper or something. So yeah, yeah, re- reefer madness work. Mm-hmm. The, the bullshit propaganda right. for uh, you see uh, the the, now. They don't see the post in the back. Twenties, nineteen thirties, it worked. Yeah, they know. Yes. Right. We actually put a post on the wall from actually from the nineteen thirties from reefer madness. It's crazy you said it because it's actually we got a post and put it on the wall. See, yeah, so, that's yeah, the reason. When you think of when you think of psychedelics, you think of you know like. like trippy cartoons and stuff like that mm-hmm. people like, like high-pitched music and all that other sh- uh, psychedelic stuff when you think of weed you think 
Right, when you think of psychedelics, yeah. it's like baseball and rock and roll. That's right. Mushrooms go like, like you, it's like baseball you, 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 you and rock ever, and roll. You think of weed, you think right, of criminal. You, you always think about like the uh, the, the demonization the of, of yeah. weed dealers. You never think of the, the demonization of the psychedelic dealers. Mm-hmm. Right. You never see you that in that. American culture. Exactly. No. Right. Hey, if you look uh, propaganda movie, has long legs on it. I've never exactly. ordered a pizza with weed on it, but I have ordered plenty of pizzas with mushrooms on it. Just saying. <laughs> You know that that, that that's that's the whole stigma right there. You have any thoughts on this, Rochelle? Any 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 fun psychedelic info? I think that um, everyone's right in that this is definitely going to leapfrog cannabis. It already is. It's happening extremely quickly. Um, all of the research being done, uh, the clinical studies that are coming out, it's far outpacing cannabis. The investments are still looking fairly good in in psychedelics, although they are starting to to dwindle. But it's not as much of a bubble burst as it was in cannabis, you know, several years ago. And I do think that we will see uh, regulated psychedelics in a lot of ways before we see regulated cannabis. Now, given the fact that we may be seeing a Schedule Three switch, that could kind of change that theory. But for the longest time, I have believed that psychedelics are for sure happening faster than cannabis because, to the earlier point, there's not as much of the association with the war on drugs. It's coming down far more as a healthcare, uh, clinical sort of approach as opposed to a, you know, recreational adult use versus medical approach. There's not that divide there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very true. And, and on that, we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. Do us a favor. It's the easiest thing you can do for us on top of the fact that it's the thing that YouTube likes the most. Also, too, make sure you check out our website, www.hyatt9news.com, and make sure that you can read all of the different articles that we cover here every day on our website. Check out our merch and make sure you sign up for our newsletter. And when you do sign up for our newsletter, you will get a confirmation email in your inbox that you must confirm in order to be fully subscribed. Up next, coming straight out the great granddaddy purple state of Texas. Our next correspondent is not only a dope dad, but also the ho- a host of Hitting the High Road. And has some pretty compelling cooking with cannabis reels that have been popping on the internet these days. Y'all know who it is. Adam. Stone Slay. All righty. Thank you, Rico. Colorado's governor doesn't want to see the DEA get in the way of cannabis banking and tax reform. Just six days after the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services dropped that bombshell recommendation to move cannabis from its Schedule 1 federal status down to Schedule 3, Colorado Governor Jared Polis wasted no time responding with a clear message to President Biden. It's about time. As Polis reminded the president, this recommendation comes nearly a year after Biden promised a review of cannabis's Schedule 1 status and a pardon for low-level federal cannabis offenders. As we've previously discussed on the show, Although this move to Schedule 3 isn't the descheduling that we want, it would pave the way for more research, tax exemptions for cannabis businesses, and a big and, and to be a significant a big, excuse me, significant nod to the plant's medicinal value. 
But let's remember this. That's a big if. The DEA has been known to block cannabis reform efforts in the past. Now, I sat down with Governor Polis while shooting our Denver episode of Hitting the High Road, and he made it clear how he wants cannabis regulated in his state. Well, what we've chosen to do in Colorado is to regulate marijuana like alcohol. And that's really what the federal government should do. Um, there are, you know, making sure that uh, alcohol and tobacco and other controlled substances are safe. And there are federal excise taxes and regulations. Those keep out of the hands of kids, all that stuff. But it shouldn't be banned. You don't buy liquor from your pharmacist. Uh, and it's the same with recreational marijuana. Now, he did go on to say that when it comes to medical cannabis, he would like to see the some sort of involvement with the pharmacies. I personally don't see how that would work. But back to the letter, Governor Polis praised Biden's administration for their efforts, stating that this is a historic moment. He uh, confidently asserts uh, can confidently asserts that public support for legal uh, federal legalization, along with billions of dollars of tax revenue from the states that have legalized adult use uh, pot sales is enough proof that rescheduling is imminent. Now, in Colorado, the drill is growers are taxed about 15% and on their harvest, and dispensaries can see up to 30%. Uh, Polis noted that international drug treaties won't be a problem since the U.S. has technically already broke them by allowing states to legalize the plant. But rescheduling won't fix everything. As Polis mentions, it will likely have very minimal direct impact on criminal justice reform by those hurt by the failed war on drugs. Uh, as prohibition remains intact and state laws won't automatically change that. But he does believe that this reform could be a rallying point for young voters come 2024. Um, a financial highlight, the move could reduce the enormous tax sales burdens that the, uh, on the legal market. Currently, as you know, due to IRS code 280E linked to Schedule 1 status, cannabis businesses can see tax rates up to 70%. If shifted to Schedule 3, this burden could be significantly reduced, not to mention financial institutes might finally be open to serving cannabis businesses. Now, Polis concludes with a nod to the struggles that the local cannabis industry has faced. He warns of the urgency uh, needed, stating, let's celebrate the progress, but let's work together to get the job done now or to finish the job. Now, I know this isn't the move that we wanted, but it is another step in the right direction. Uh, if the move is to reschedule, then hopefully it's a temporary one and it doesn't take us another 100 years to rightfully deschedule this plant. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. Finish the job. That's not what our government does. No. They dragged us out. <laughs> I didn't know that he was a finisher like that. <laughs> we, may, we may need a finisher. Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to get finished, you gotta hit a strip mall, man. <laughs> Just man. Man, oh man, oh man. Just I mean, <laughs> just because uh just because, yeah. he's 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 urging them to move forward doesn't mean it's gonna move forward, first of all. No, definitely not. No, definitely, definitely no. not. But I mean, I, I think I think Biden needs any help and any any nah, push along Biden can get it would be good for Biden. I'm pretty it's, it's sure a safe base is the final destination on their mind. I think it's I think it's past. Biden's it's an passed. example of internal bias that keeps dragging this shit out. Go for it, Tony. Go for it, Tony. I think that I think that is past that. I think that what he said, and and shout out to Stone for such a, such a great uh, interview. I appreciate you, Stone. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, thank you very much. Because what the governor said was something that was so compelling that now anyone who heard it, who really listened, not just heard what he said and then it just they really listened to what he said. He said there's billions of dollars legally that we've got from this already. And he said you don't go to your pharmacist 
to get a beer. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the correlation that he made was so simple yet so honest that it's going to be too hard to continue to ignore. When you have all of these kids that are bringing in billions of dollars in tax revenue alone, we're not even talking about how the economies are benefiting from cannabis sales and how money is going back into the communities. We're just talking about in taxes alone, they're raising billions of dollars. And he says something which was very important. You do not go to the pharmacist for your alcohol, yet more people die and and um car and, and, uh, car accidents related into uh, people drinking and driving than they do actually on marijuana. How well, many people are getting in cars and smacking the people high on weed, and how many people are killing themselves intoxicated on alcohol? Yep, we 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 covered a prohibitionist piece focused specifically on that yesterday, uh, Tony. But I will say this: is is that the governor to me is actually contradicting himself with that statement. Because of the fact that yeah, hold on, let me let me let me let me let me show you where I'm going with this. Because he says that you don't go to a pharmacy to purchase your cannabis, right? Okay, you go no you beer. go to, to beer. Okay, and they want to they want to treat it like alcohol. So then why in the world would he be urging President Biden to push it to schedule three? Because that is what is ultimately eminent, is because schedule three drugs can only be dispersed through a pharmacy. No. Okay, so 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 therefore, once it goes to schedule three, I don't think I don't think that every state is going to allow for dispensaries to automatically to have pharmaceutical status. And I'm pretty sure that the DEA ain't going to be for that either. I don't think that and I don't think that it goes to schedule three. I think that they're going to have to just take it off the schedule. I I think they're going to have to start treating it a lot. That's what we want. That's what we want. We want to deschedule. What I'm trying to tell you is this, even by him saying it. That I'm not saying what he said. I'm saying that he said something that if you're listening, the argument is as clear as day right then and there. So it, 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 we know that they're going to try to get rich with the pharmaceutical companies. They're all in bed with them. We're not even saying that. I'm saying that if you listen to what he said, he put it out there where there is no real argument. Even if he tries to come back with anything about, oh, it needs to be scheduled three or whatever, you can literally just say to him, but you even said it yourself. You don't go to a pharmacy to get a beer, and that's it why I'm saying. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying he's. I, I, he's I, I, I actually, I actually go pick my wife up beers at a CVS right around the corner, though. Oh man! We got better deals than Vons, man. Oh man! You know, it's because the gas stations in California knows if you got to come there and pay ridiculous amounts of money for gas, you're gonna have to pay a dollar extra for water too. So you're just smart enough to know not get caught up in the crunch of the gas station uh, uh, debacles, and you're just smart enough to know to go to CVS and get it with a coupon. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that CVS no longer sells cigarettes, but they do sell liquor. Oh boy. I got to get their money somehow. Some oh poison got to get pushed. Boy. Oh boy. And maybe soon cannabis. <laughs> right? You guys. You guys, you guys are funny. You guys are funny. Okay, cannabis. All right. We're we're going we're, we're going to keep th- we're going to keep this rolling. We got a little bit of time left. She's a longtime cannabis and psychedelics journalist and the editor of greenstate.com and she's been featured in numerous magazines such as High Times, Beard Brothers, and Cannabis Tech Today, not to mention she has probably one of the largest Lego collections of anyone in the cannabis space. That's right. It's none other than the Rochelle Gordon. <laughs> I love I love the continuing Lego association. We did just finish the Lego treehouse. 
uh, a 3,000 piece treehouse model, which was very difficult, and we are quite proud. And now we can move on. Yeah, pictures. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where's the pictures, Rochelle? You didn't yeah, send us any place. pictures, so we could have like posted this. Oh yeah, shoot, so, my bad. Yeah. yeah, I'll send you one for next week, so everyone can. And I'll probably have another set built by then too. So I'll flex on the whole collection. For now, it's just the uh, the plants mm. behind me. <laughs> Today. I am talking about another indigenous tribe that has opted to legalize recreational cannabis and open dispensaries on their lands in Minnesota. Yes, the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe has formalized their adult use recreational cannabis regulations. They are intending to open a dispensary on their tribal lands uh, by the end of the year, uh, with possibly two more opening uh, shortly after that. Um, it's, we have a couple of preliminary spots that we've been thinking about that's still up in the air. Leech Lake Chairman Farron Jackson Sr. told NPR News. Uh, with this new framework, uh, it is intended to allow Leech Lake to move forward while at the same time uh, giving the council the ability to amend uh, the regulations as needed. It will be unlike the Red Lake Band who basically legalized and opened their dispensary a week later. They're taking a little bit more time with this one. Uh, Jackson says he has taken policy direction from Leech, Leech Lake's elders and military veterans, but he is also carefully listening to band members who he says remain, quote, apprehensive. Uh, just prior to Minnesota legalizing adult use recreational cannabis on August 1st, Leech Lake announced that Minnesota state law would effectively legalize uh, cannabis within their boundaries as well. Uh, unlike the Red Lake Nation, uh, an Ojibwe community just to the north that recently opened dispensaries, Leech Lake does not enforce a separate set of criminal prohibitory laws on its lands. Instead, Leech Lake tribal police and county sheriffs enforce Minnesota's criminal laws across the reservation. But they do exercise civil authority over their lands, which includes the regulation of cannabis in such a way. Uh, like Red Lake and the White Earth Nation, which started selling about a month ago, Leech Lake can begin marketing cannabis products months before non-tribal dispensaries, which must be licensed by the state. Uh, and the most recent thing that I heard is now that they will, they will not even be handing out license until potentially the middle of 2025, uh, further delaying the adult use dispensaries throughout the state. Leech Lake legal director Christopher Murray says, in addition to allowing the band to operate dispensaries, they want to encourage entrepreneurship among Leech Lake band members. The new ordinance creates a cannabis commission to license businesses and regulate sales. Uh, Murray says that the state's explicit respect for tribal sovereignty has meant that Leech Lake will chart its own course on how to best support its members. Uh, in other news, uh, the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians in North Carolina are voting today to legalize recreational cannabis on their tribal lands. It would actually make them the only uh, place in North Carolina where you could legally obtain cannabis. So we'll keep our eye on that vote. As many of you know, and was discussed last week, uh, there was a Republican congressman out of North Carolina, Senator, or excuse me, Congressman Chuck Edwards, who introduced the Stop Pot Act uh, that if passed would withhold federal funds from tribes that legalize cannabis on their lands. Uh, however, it sounds like the general sentiment among all of us is that that was just a political ploy, it won't go anywhere. Uh, the tribes do have 
uh, sovereign abilities. They are sovereign lands. I do find it interesting um, the way things have been playing out with the recreational cannabis dispensaries opening so much earlier on tribal lands in Minnesota, uh, despite the fact that the dispensaries are over four hours away from the Minneapolis-St. Paul a metropolitan area, they have been getting quite a lot of business from the local area, no doubt probably from North Dakota as well. Um, and actually there have been discussions uh, among the different tribes in Minnesota to potentially petition the state to open dispensaries off of reservations as well, which would be extremely interesting. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Rochelle Gordon from greenstate.com reporting for Hyatt 9 News. What do you guys think about this proliferation of, uh, of tribal dispensaries? And it sounds like you all agree that this congressman is just talking out of his ass at this point with this bill. Yes, yes, yes. Do what yes. they do. He is definitely talking out of his ass. But I, I think this is fantastic that these tribes are, are getting in on the, on, the, on the cannabis game. And especially in these conservative states where the only place that you can, you can really start up a market is on the reservation. So I, I'm all for it. I think it's fantastic. Need federal money after a while, facts, <laughs> right? And I think, and I think that that's right. a small way. I think that's a small way to kind of get into these more restrictive uh, markets, exactly, and kind of force them to open it up because you can't do anything to the tribes. It's their own yep. land. You know what I mean? Like exactly. It has nothing to do with you. There's that, nothing you can do. So the uh, biggest, the biggest problem that the tribes face is is attracting people to actually drive all the way to them because generally these reservations are pretty much off the beaten path, and you have to travel a significant distance to to arrive at them. And so, if anyone's ever wanted good marijuana, they'd never mind traveling. For that part it. is true. That part is true. That part is true. Everyone's up good, good for a road trip if they're going to get some good weed. Uh, Rochelle, uh, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Here, but um, uh, outside of St. Paul and Minneapolis, don't you got to drive forever to get to anywhere in Minnesota? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, that's it. But you want to go to, you know, Duluth or Bemidji or, you know, anywhere else. It's many, many hours. Now, there is uh, a smaller reservation southwest of the cities where there's a pretty big casino that a lot of the people in the Twin Cities go to on a pretty regular basis. If they were to open a cannabis dispensary down there, that would be, I think, really interesting. And I think they would see quite an influx of folks uh, from the Twin Cities area. Interesting. I just want to see if they'd open up their casino to, uh, you know, bartering with some weed. And instead of having some chips, throw like an eighth down there. You know what I'm saying? You win an eighth. You know, you could lose your eighth. You know, something like that, I think, would be popping. Little, little side dice game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'll throw I'll throw I'll throw an eighth on the y'all. You know what I'm saying? See see what happens. Come, yeah. Yeah. Turn an eighth into a half pound real quick. Yeah. That'd be popping. I'd rather see the tribes do this. I'd rather see the tribes do this in big alcohol or pharma. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. We, we've yeah. fucked the Indians so many times. Hey, whatever we can help to in a lot of cases, these so-called Indian reservations are really just white people pretending to be Indians too. So let me just make sure that I say this because I've traveled them, around the country. There are a lot of real and, ones. And I've traveled, yes, I've traveled around the country, and I was, I'm very fortunate enough to know a lot of natives. Because I don't and, know the percentage, and, but and, and I'm fortunate right enough my to say that I have native friends that used to help me with cigarettes, and I know that they don't like that there are other tribes that are out there that that definitely are people that are um, appropriating their culture. 
So either way, shape, yeah. or form, no. They got good Stone. weed. Shit. Stone, Stone, you be, you being in Texas for so long. What's the it's longest? What's the longest you've ever driven for actually like really good weed? Not not just like like Colorado weed or anything, but like really good weed. I mean, I got it. I it. It doesn't get here on wheels. I don't think. I, I haven't. I, no, you, oh no, but 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 you have in the past. You have at some point in time in your life, correct? Well, like yeah, before the internet. Good. Before the internet, you drive to get weed. Yeah, we tried to get weed, but it, it, and usually it was somewhere out in the boonies. Yeah. Uh, so so what's the farthest you ever drove to get like actual good weed? Well, like an hour. An hour. Yeah, yeah, that's from Austin. An hour from it's Austin. Twenty twenty is twenty twenty whatever. It's the twentieth something. Everybody has good weed somewhere. There's, that's yeah, but see that, that, that that's that, that, that's not what I'm asking though. That has nothing to do with the time frame because Stone was alive in the eighties and the nineties. So okay, yeah, that's okay, what I'm saying. So so I'm asking like in 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 just as a generalization, being out in Texas, what is yeah. the farthest you ever had to drive to get really good weed? About an hour outside Austin. Okay. Not that far. All right. Worth the drive. It was worth the drive. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Rochelle, what's the farthest you've ever driven in, in Minneapolis to, to get weed? We're running out of time now. We got to keep it rolling. Well, the time I lived in the Twin Cities, it was never a problem. But when I grew up in rural Wisconsin, that was something else. Um, so I usually drive like an hour. Uh, there was a guy who lived outside of Minneapolis. Uh, when I was younger, but other than that, you know, we, we were a college town, so it was usually around uh, a lot of times more hash than, than flour, actually. Interesting. And also, hold on, 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 Dr. D. We got, we, 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 we're, we're real late on time. We got to get to Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, bringing us home today is the self-proclaimed most dangerous black and Latino man in the world. Joined today with, uh, Dr. Dope. Tony Montana. Hey, I want to say thank you very much, Rico, the dopest dad. It always doubles down, never backtracks unless he got some bud in his backpack. I want to tell my friends here, Jason and Mr. Stone here and Dale and beautiful Rachel, thank you all for having us. We got a few seconds, so <clears throat> three and five Floridians support marijuana legislation. New poll finds that state Supreme Court weighs in 2024 reform ballot incentive. Three in five Floridians adults say that they support uh, they support legalizing marijuana. A new poll finds as activists wait to see whether the state Supreme Court will allow legislation incentive to appear on the ballot next year. And since we're late, I just want to say that please find the article on our website and well and our information on Discord. I don't want to go past time. The survey from the University of Southern Florida, UFS, and Florida Atlantic University showed that 60% of Floridians are in favor of adults uh, using legalizations uh, of marijuana. Sorry, you guys, we don't have too much time, and I don't want to run off trying to stick to the script. What do you think? Let's just get a quick discussion in on this. Yes, yeah, 100%. 100%, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Go ahead, let's go. We got like a few more seconds. Yeah, we got saying like meatball. Meatball Ron gonna come back, looking his wounds from the from the primary. <laughs> he ain't gonna come out. He's gonna be mad as hell. Oh, and he ain't passing funny. nothing. Watch. He ain't passing nothing. He will be. It. I think that Floridians <laughs> will be very upset because I don't think that Don, the, the sanctimonious, will ever sign something like this into play. Uh, I believe that something like this would happen in Texas before it would happen in Florida. Oh, um, 
Yeah, Ooh. definitely. Ooh. Ooh. Stop it. It would happen in Florida Ooh. first. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That, that's a that's they a good poll. Flag, you can put that poll up. Will legalization happen in Florida or Texas first? Florida. Florida. It, it Probably Florida. In Texas, Florida. Texas knew how if they were smart, they would have it here. It was the one yeah, but you, you guys you, you guys have uh have your lieutenant governor who keeps standing in the way of any type of progress out right. there whatsoever. And so you're gonna have to the get rid of him before you get Texas, anything done out there. What makes Texas supreme is if they legalize pot. It would be yep. crazy here. It would be yep. so it would thrive so fucking much. I may move there. You could have your gun. Yeah, you could have your guns, you could have your weed. You know what I mean? Hope this goes. But that's it, and everybody in Texas you smokes. There's station? good weed everywhere around here. It'll happen in Texas before it happens in Florida. No, I don't think so. I don't. Well, think so. my argument for that is that Texas has a larger economy. Yeah, um, but and, Texas and so is... it would benefit the largest economy even more. Texas would be able to get uh, money and revenue from drinking and drivers, and police officers would be All sure right. to say, "Go ahead, do it," because police officers couldn't lie. Even more now and say they smell marijuana in your car. Hold on, hold on. Forcing them to be able to search your vehicle, allowing them to detain you even further. Hold on, here's the here's the real question. Here's the real question. Here's the real question, and here's why I'm here's why I'm siding with Florida. Okay. So who is gonna pay for this initiative to be on the Texas ballot? Because it's not gonna be the advocates because they haven't done that yet. Joe Rogan. You know what? I was just asked to run for the mayor's seat in Houston, and I would have had I had enough time to file, and if they would have asked me um, before filing was up, or I would have been the next mayor of Houston. This is how but open is this market That would have been live. I'm saying this now. I'm saying this now live. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not saying this now live. Mm-hmm. And you have Democrats who are openly going to go get it. It's open out here. So Democrats out here are more moderate than you're going to find anywhere else. <clears throat> They're going to make sure they say outrageous things, but the push... For legalization of cannabis is more so um, bipartisan out here than I've seen in most states that already legalized marijuana. In spite of what people may say, or in spite of what people may say about Texas, you don't, when, you, when they find marijuana on you, you get a ticket and you go home. It's not like Alabama. It's not like Tennessee. You're going to jail in those places. Here, you're going home. You have to have a, a a certain amount of marijuana on you on you for them to even want to entertain taking you to jail. Over yeah, an ounce. Really, over an ounce. If if you get pulled over in a big city or around a big city, that is true. There's plenty of small can, rural. The whole reason Republican carry the state of Texas is because of the small rural areas. Get your ass in one of those areas. You will probably yeah, not yeah. drive away from that traffic stop. Exactly. The Texas prohibitionists are way harder than the Florida. No matter who pays for it, it's going to stop at the lieutenant. He's, he's forgetting so, that. The he's only forgetting that. will not let that shit happen under his watch. Does Texas, does Texas still have, have uh, uh, 13 towns with the N-word in it? And that's in both states. No, no, but you're forgetting, though. Listen, Texas is part of that heavy Bible Belt region. Like, like I said, they have the big-ass cross... It's like an American flag that's about 30,000 feet wide and long. And then they have another one with a cross on it, the same. I've never seen it anywhere else in the world. Oh, that's the Christian but, flag. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the Christian flag. There is a Christian flag. flag. You know, in is, Florida, you're going to see. Paul? They said Florida first, too. Yes, bro. Yep. Two Buddhists. Yep. I'm telling you, Florida, you, you might see a Dixie flag, but you don't see no big ass see, Christian for me, flag. For me, for me, I see, but I see a little bit more behind it, audience. I see the people at bay like, hmm, we make money hand over fist. We lock people up, 
we make money with the strongest economy, it's kind of a win-win. No. Uh, I mean, hey, no. Texas has yeah. a business money. Well, here, here's the thing, and here, here's here, here's why Florida, because Florida actually has an industry that has already paid to put an initiative on the ballot, and so if this one fails, they will pay to do it again in two years. And so that's why I'm saying it's going to happen in Florida before it's going to happen in Texas, because right. you actually have money funding these types of things in Florida that yeah, you don't have in Texas. Behind the movement here. Yep. They're not even standing oh, up saying I mean, anything. You, 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 you have all these limousine liberals moving to Texas, though. And, uh, yeah, they might but they're not the going to say anything yeah, here because Musk, one that, thing uh, about Texas Rico is Texas is for Texans. So if you're in Texas, it's for you and you're going to be for it. You're not going to go against the grain because it could be bad for your business. That is true. That's Texas. That's Texas. That's why I love it here. When you in Texas, you Texas. Right. You don't come mm-hmm. here with nothing else. We not. We didn't come here with none of that New York shit. No, I love. I'm yeah. We Texas. We came here doing Texas shit. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) I do New York. I do it in my house. It's been what? It's been what? Thirty? Thirty years? Mm -hmm. Uh, But before, um, uh, before Bush, it was a uh, Democrat bastion, wasn't it? Ah. Pendulum about to swing the other way. Yeah, but it was still the Bible Belt state. It was still big Bible Belt. I don't know. I believe that. I believe that Texas would uh, would definitely see. I think that Texas is just a more fiscally responsible state, and I think that. Texas would uh Ooh. would definitely hit in Florida, I believe, yeah. and I believe that Texas you, you know, you know, has you know, been more consistently. The phrase "Don't mess with Texas" that came from that came from a recycling campaign. <laughs> Listen, Texas is the only place where church and state are not separate. Ooh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> and on that note, Rico, I think it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> Yeah, but I love it here though. <laughs> we don't want to get into religion today. No. Nah. But thank you all for joining us for yet another episode. A very spicy one today of Hot Nine News. Catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting their comments posted on the big screen too. Our live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day for the headlines of chaos that we call the developing cannabis industry. To our Reddit correspondent, correspondent, Reddit correspondent. You get all over, bringing us a needed variety of perspective and your opinions to the table. Our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, all they are sponsors, keeping the lights on, AV struggles to a minimum, and all, of course, the lovely Jaja Simone holding us down, all the way down on all the other platforms as well. Always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason why we show up is to read these stories every single day. Thank you, baby girl. And um, it has been Thursday, September 7th, 2023. The show is over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hopefully it's enough to put in your pipe and smoke until tomorrow. My name is Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. Stone Slays. What you got for us, man? Take us out, man. Remember, y'all, it's not just about the plant. It's about the culture, the policies, and the people. Until next time, keep riding that high road.